Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, along with my good pals, Dave Damashek, Charlotte Wilder. What a sports weekend. We're coming off. Hey, Charlotte, what's happening? Hi. We, uh, well, it was it was fun for me. Not as fun for maybe everyone. Our buddy Dave, his Penguins, despite the fact that it was Sid the Kid Crosby's 33rd birthday, they didn't come That's through, right. Dave. And you had it on good authority that they wouldn't lose on his birthday. It seemed like an ironclad theory based on the fact that the Penguins probably had never played a hockey game in, Feb- in uh, what month is this? I don't know, August before. <laughs> But they failed him. Yeah, that's a great point that you make. Right? It was a. It was a. I'm not gonna wear it. You know. I'm. I'm sorry. You know me. I'm a man of honor, like the late great Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, and I suppose I am wrong. But but really, this was inside info from somebody I know plugged into the team who said Crosby will just not let the team lose on his birthday. But now that you point that out, I mean, a little too little too late. Ultimately, I think you're to blame, Sal. You should have reminded me of that last (laughs) week when we had this conversation. I'll take it. But Charlotte, it seems like I don't know how plugged in this uh, gentleman or lady is, but if they receive a paycheck from the organization, uh, maybe it's time to think about cutbacks on the on the penguin side. What what is what happened here? I love the idea of Dave having, you know, this inside source, this like really special connection with someone <laughs> who's just basically like reading horoscopes to tell him what's going to happen <laughs> with the penguins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was a lot of uh, research done into other birthdays on the uh, on the Canadian side or even I don't know. That's who a great knows, point. But maybe we ditch this theory. I'm going forward, Dave. What do we think? I, you know what? I, I, I'll tell you this. This is no way to start a new sports week after last week, after apparently somehow being semi-responsible, according to fellow uh, sports journalists, for willing college football to end. I don't, I, I don't understand the math exactly of the omnipotent, uh, even though it's completely fictionalized, that there are uh, football writers or whatever out there who have willed the season to end according to the ex-football players who turned into football media members themselves. Don't detract from the fact that your penguins are gone. (laughs) It doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about, which is that your penguins were eliminated. And by the way, it's a subtle thing. I don't know. You'd only pick it up if you were watching on Zoom. But the first time Dave spoke, Charlotte and I went for our uh, our volume key to lower the (laughs) Charlotte was so careless that she muted herself. But um, okay, I I think we're good. I think we're good uh, going forward. But Dave, the big story here is this uh, this Charlotte Wilder that we've brought on. And she basically hustled us. She's like, oh, I don't know anything about gambling. She goes two for two, two for two with her best bets. We gave out best bets on Friday. She nailed them both. She hit Cami over under. She went three for three. I don't know. I think this is a. What's his name? Billy Hoyle and white men can't jump like she's just just hustling us. Do you get that feeling, Dave? Yeah, I do. You know what I think it is to me? I I always operate from I know people have their fancy metrics and their their advanced stats and everything. I feel Charlotte is doing it the right way. She's relying on her gut and her heart. And that is the way to do it. I feel all right. right, Charlotte, is that what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I feel that's kind of an honor that you say that. You know, I have I have uh, a motto in life, which is really go with your gut. 
because um, mm. for mm. better or for worse, anytime I've tried to do something where I get this slight feeling of like, mm, is this the right thing? If I don't end it right there, I just end up in way bigger trouble down the line. So, you know, haven't been around that long, but I've been around long enough to be able to like put the data points together. So I just with betting, I'm like, A, what do I want to have happen? I'm going to bet for that. Mm -hmm. B, does that feel like it's even possible? And if those two things match up, I'm like, yeah, let's go. All right. Well, so let's review. Let's review because that might that might be a little more to it than you're you're giving yourself credit to uh, wow. for. So, all right. So, Dave, actually, you went. Your best bet was the Celtics to win the East. That has not, as far as I know, paid off yet. That's what we call a futures bet. So we have to wait to see. That's a pending bet right now. Uh, I took Vancouver over the Wild, the Charlotte Minnesota Wild, <laughs> because. Um, because I didn't like what I saw out of the wild in game three, I think. And Vancouver won. They advanced. That was a winner. Charlotte blows us all out of the water with not one, but two picks. Like I said, the Celtics over Toronto. She had a couple of points there and the over 219. I think it barely went over. It was like 222, 223 right in there. Wow. Wow. That's all I'm saying. Now, is this going to be your thing? Just your team in the over or do we? I'm not going to say if that's your thing, that's your thing. No, I I don't think so. I I do think that I I feel like I go a lot on sort of the mindset of a team going into it and I think the Celtics as the underdogs as a team that has been playing really well together, you know, I I did think about the basketball a little bit. Um mm -hmm. and I just feel like in the bubble the scores have been higher in general. Um True. and so I was sort of like, I mean, based on that, I think that these feel like safe safe maybe not safe but you know if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot for anything might as well might as well okay. go for it so maybe you know what I, I i think there's a proven track record here i don't know if either of you remembers there was an old baseball skipper named peter rose and he used to gamble <laughs> on his team and it's not like he did it every day but peter rose when he felt good about the team he would gamble on them maybe that's what right. uh, what skipper <laughs> uh wilder is uh, is applying here same sort of math the cover of my memoir will also be the diving, the diving shot. So. <laughs> yes. See, she knows. Right. I don't know that anyone called him Peter Rose, even his mother, maybe when she was angry. But that's I do remember uh, a lot of that. Yeah, that is the that is the one thing I point to. And I say anyone's like, is gambling worth it? Like, no, Pete Rose was a statistical genius. He remembered stats. He remembered uh, his batting average in 1962, playing double A ball in Geneva and uh <laughs> And could analyze baseball beyond belief and lost tens of thousands of dollars betting on it. So uh, that's all you really need to know. Um, here's something else, though, you need to know. Maybe that's not all you need. I'm going I'm to teach everyone a little something. Now, Dave, you and I know a little something about gambling. Charlotte, we're breaking her in, although she has a better winning percentage than anyone I've ever met in my life um, at 100. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing she could have done with her two picks. Now, she bet her picks, the Celtics and the over separately. So she doubled her money and then doubled her money again on single bets. What she could have done is gotten 2.6 times her money instead of double her money by parlaying them together. So this is cousin Sal teaching Ann Char a little something, you know, which is laughable, like I said, because she's better than any of us. But Charlotte, do you understand if you parlay those two plays together, the Celtics with the points and <laughs> she's shaking her head. No, no I have, no, I have over, no idea how I would go about you doing it. You would have gotten 2.6 to 1 odds, but you would have had to win both of them. So you see, that's where they get you. Oh, my God. You that's that's how it works. That's a parlay. That's what it is. Yes. 
I can't tell. Could, could you tell if she's being facetious? No, Dave? I'm being I, serious. I, I seriously, nice. I didn't know. I knew that they were connected somehow, but yeah. no one's ever put it yes. that way. I mean, you know, I can have Aunt Char come on, by the way. Like, she's she's available. Oh, is she she'll, available? She'll oh, call I didn't know in. That. Oh, I should have. Okay, I should have uh, given her a heads up ahead of time. Yeah, but, she's, um, she's like sleeping off the Chardonnay hangover right now. So <laughs> next time, Chardonnay let me know. Hangover? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, I don't know. I think I covered it. Now it gets a little more confusing if you involve two, uh, more than two teams, three and four teams. This is what's known as a sucker bet. The casinos and the sportsbook want you to bet a parlay because the more games you have on your ledger, the better off the chance something screwed up is going to happen and they're going to end up winning. That's why they have the pretty lights and everything. So, mm. but you could have parlays four teams up to like 10 to one odds. If, if they're underdogs, we could be talking 50, hundred to one. So that's something to keep an eye out uh, for. Are you excited? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I do remember re re legitimately um, I'm getting a little bit of deja vu. It's a little bittersweet for me. Cause I recall when, uh, when young Sal taught young Dave, the ways of the yeah. parlay and also, long before, you know, uh, I think our mutual pal, Big Cat, sort of made popular the idea of life's too too uh, short to bet the under. Uh, that was exactly one of your cardinal rules. Uh, just, if, you want, if you're looking for anything to bet, you want to have a little something on a game, bet the over because it makes it exciting for pretty much the entirety of the ball game because you're watching yeah. the, the, the two teams try to come together. And in these uh, conflicted times, isn't that what it's all about? Two teams coming together to score one right. big amount of points. Bet the over, right? That's but true. But that's, that's exactly. another lesson down the line. You can get to that. I don't want to step that's on right. your toes, Professor Sal. And it, as Charlotte has pointed out, scoring is up in the bubble, and so Vegas and the sports books adjust. So if an over-under was normally 217, they'll make it 222. They want to make it enticing so that there's equal amount of gambling on either side, and they can collect what's called the VIG, which is uh, the middle uh, number that each uh, player loses just for putting the bet up. Anyway, all right, so Charlotte is on a roll. She's two for two, three for three with Cami over on there. We're not going to play that. It just uh, aggravates me for the rest of the day. I so love it. Skip it. I could today. play it all day I long, know. Sal. I can't win. You beat me. Benetta beats me. I, I actually think it's a little fixed. I think Jim Cunningham is giving the, um, you know, giving out the cami over under subjects before Never. the podcast. And that's how, well, it's the only way to explain this, right, Dave? I don't like that. Well, why should she, she better, anyone be better than any of us with this, right? <laughs> Mr. Mustache, I would absolutely buy it because uh, I know you, Sal, and you know that uh -huh. Mr. Mustache, Jim Cunningham, has it in for Damashek already. Yes. And because you know me, I think he's also taking shots at you now. Congratulations, absolutely. Charlotte. Safely, safely stored on the other side of, uh, of Sports America right now. Right. Okay, so Charlotte's cheating. We could put that aside <laughs> oh and God. move on to the PGA Championship. Now, it's very exciting now. In the last year or so, I've come to love golf. I don't love playing so much. I'm terrible at it. Um, you know, you you make an excuse to your family like, uh, I got to go golf. It's like, it's five hours. You really have to, you have a bunch of kids. It's rough. Maybe a little easier for you, Charlotte, to get away. But what kind of excuse it is? No, I'm just going to leave the family for five hours on a Saturday when I work all week. Well, what's worse is actually sitting and watching in your den for five hours and not letting anyone bother you because you have money on these guys. One guy I didn't have money on the winner, Colin Morikawa, who went down 
at around 33 to one odds pre-tournament to win this thing. It was his course. He doesn't own the course, but he is a um, frequent <laughs> player on the course and uh, a dynamite 23 year old Dave, right? You talk about this in a way is the golden era of golf. I don't know if you're paying too much attention, but so many young players forget about tiger. I, I, I honestly, there's five or six young players I'd rather see than tiger on a Sunday um, come climbing up the leaderboard. Did you catch any of this? Yeah, of course. I loved sitting there and watching it. It was fun to feel the stakes of uh, championship golf, like I say, or a, a major on the line. But yeah, that's exactly right. You looked at that leaderboard at one point on Sunday, and it really was, with the exception of Casey, it was all the you know a nominal future of the sport all competing for uh, for a first major there i always think they always say like oh he's relaxed how nerve-wracking would it be you only get you're only on the leaderboard in a major unless you're tiger woods or phil mickelson like two or three times in your lifetime it, the, the pressure of that must be so overwhelming to find yourself in that moment but i thought everybody including uh, you know maybe that's the old thing they say is if you're young enough 23 maybe you just don't feel the pressure of uh the stakes you're like ah i'll be back next year if i don't win Ugh. this one maybe that's uh, the winning edge there this guy is so so cool i mean he i think he has like 16 eagles this year or something crazy and uh hails from la Cunada, dave our old our friend uh adam carolla's stomping ground so there you go they have a lot in common, those two. Charlotte, did you catch uh, a lot of this uh, this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I did. I I have come to like watching golf as I get older, which feels like maybe a thing that just naturally happens. You know, you start aging and then you start watching golf. And then next yeah. thing you know, you're like eating dinner at 430. But um, <laughs> I was just astonished. I know it sounds so stupid to say because like this is a whole point of golf, but to, to what you're talking about, the pressure, like imagine knowing you're doing well, like really well and then not blowing it like I can, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's unbelievable to me to be able to a get to a point where you're doing well enough to be on the leaderboard. Then you start climbing up and then you don't mess it up because of the pressure. It's just I, I feel like maybe you get in a Zen space or maybe you just sort of like, you know, this is your moment and you had a really good day and it just carries you through. But I, mm -hmm. I, I find it I find it just absolutely like I cannot comprehend that. I can't yeah. wrap my head around it. I think that's exactly right. I think more than any other sport that I can think of, at least that, you know, there there's a fluidity to the moment. You know, if you're a quarterback, who the pass rusher is and you know, the circumstances surround golf is just almost entirely. Can you repeat that over and over again? And it's, I guess like figure skating, kind of like you do that over and over again until the moment at hand, like do it again now, except everybody's watching. And this is the one that counts. Um, I mm -hmm. think, uh, I think human beings can relate to that. That's what's so compelling on the back nine of a championship round. You're like, Oh, just repeat the swing that you've done a million times in your life. He yeah. couldn't do it. Greg Norman. We all felt that. That's why it was so excruciating and almost embarrassing to be watching that 20 years or so ago. You're like, Oh my God, the, you know, the guy, he just ain't got no spine. Like you just could like what? There's no <laughs> excuse for blowing it except that you just couldn't rise to the moment. Yeah, I, it's nothing I could ever compare anything I've done in my life to. So I don't know how these guys, girls reach dig deep and uh, pull it out and figure out a way to overcome. Now, sometimes the, the, we're talking about how cool they remain, <laughs> but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Mm. This was this was actually the shot of the tournament. They're going to talk about Morikawa's like eagle putt and everything uh, late late in the game there. But this to me was the best, the biggest and the biggest turning point 
of the whole tournament. Justin Thomas, after his excellent approach shot, ran all the way toward the back of the green for birdie. Dude, you got to be fucking kidding me. Well... <laughs> I love it. I know some people on Twitter got mad. Oh, there's no, you know, they should have a feed where it's, it's uh, the audio is delayed and, or they shouldn't have it at all, or they should have options. Like, no, these are human beings. If you're watching for five hours, this is how I feel. At least they don't have to be so robotic. Those five or six words, depending on if you use contractions, (laughs) that's the most used phrase that I've employed in my life. I think as it pertains to sporting events and just betting and everything else. You've got to be effing kidding me. What do you think, Charlotte? What is there a place in golf and sports for this? Yes, I love it so much. I love it with my whole heart. Imagine being someone who who hears that and is like, like clutches your pearls. Or, oh, my God, like I would never. And then you go on Twitter and you complain about it. Like, no, first of all, imagine the glee of being a little kid watching golf with your parents yes. and you hear that and you're like, oh, because either either you come from a family where nobody swears. So this is like a big, funny deal or everybody mm-hmm. swears. And you're like, oh, golfers are just like my parents. You know, like either way, it's right. a win win. Like kids are going to learn it eventually. You know, everyone just needs to to chill out because I think it's a super relatable and be also just really funny. Like, yeah, that's funny. Sure. Dave, these uh, putts are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why wouldn't you yell that out? It's weird when they don't scream and, and curse after each putt, right? I don't know who decided that these are the rules that one, the, the, the gentleman's honor and it, and it, transcends uh just golf i mean like the the pie the, the mount pious nature of uh golf etiquette and everything it's way worse with baseball and i and i submit uh sincerely that baseball's code and carlton fisk and uh and, and uh, other catchers yelling at guys for not running it out like you're you're shooting yourselves in your own in, in uh in the foot your sport when you try to tamp down humanity, the the human mm-hmm. emotion. Of course, remember when Robin Williams has the kids out in the, his uh, prep school students out in the courtyard doing silly walks, and the one kid's like, "I choose not to walk." He's like, "You get the point, uh, young uh, young lad," or whatever he says to him. And it what like movie Mary is said, this? What is that? Uh, That's Cy- Mork and Mindy. What was it? Not is that Cider House rule? No, the O Captain, my Captain one. What what? what yeah, you have to one? guess. What is that okay. called? I don't know. No one can remember. <laughs> oh my god! What movie is no, that? Was, I can remember uh, the moment. Uh, the, the Professor's Club. The um. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, it's Come something on, like Jim. that. The King's Landing. No. What uh, is it? Wait. Oh, Captain, my stand cap- on the this desk. Is, this is terrible. <laughs> oh my Dead, Dead Poet Society. Dead, Dead Poet <laughs> Society. The All Professor's right. Club. I was really close. All right. So in the Professor's that's Club, it, that's it. Some people want to stand on the desk. Some people don't want to stand on the desk. That's a that's okay. personal choice. That's that's the point. Barry Sanders, everybody hails him. I like when the old curmudgeons like, why can't you act like you've been there before? All right, Barry Sanders chooses to do that, and that's what makes it cool and elegant that when Barry Sanders would get in the end zone, he would just casually turn to the official and hand him the ball. But that doesn't make it the right choice for everybody. Freedom of expression. Right. You know, I, I I love seeing the personalities of these guys and and any sport, any league that's like, wow, it's not good for our our, our sponsorships and everything else. Ah, fat, I say. Lighten up. It's fun to hear. Do you really do you really think anyone's like, oh, I'm not gonna buy a Titleist because like one guy swore once? Like, come on. No, you nah. remember you remember it because he swore. 
That's a great exactly. point. I think people do. I, right. <clears throat> I think that, the, that somehow that gets out there and becomes the collective wisdom. Well, you can't do that because because Titleist won't like it. Like, who says? Who's, who decided that? When 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 did we all just sign off on um, not showing emotions? Yes, this this will be the winning move for our golf ball. <laughs> yeah. And who's going to take that Titleist ball and actually practically play and not also use those same words? Like I said, that that Precisely. that exact phrase is one that I've used over and over. It's like, it, it, it is weird to not hear it. Now, do we want our favorite athletes to express their emotions every single time? I think it would be weird if if we saw these uh, UFC fighters every time they were slugged in the jaw, be like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, you know, <laughs> just like, that, that might be strange. That might be a little too well, you much. Need to but. Keep it. It's, it's like it's, it's like uh, it's like comic relief, right? Like you can't you you need yeah. to save the joke. You gotta like read the room, but we need it every once in a while. Can I can I there say my theory about the PGA cha- about part of um why why this happened the way it happened? No, let's save that, please, for two weeks. I'll I'll pencil you in for no. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, so basically, <laughs> I think that part of why Morikawa was able to have such a good day, and I don't know him, so this is pure speculation, but I I feel like because there was no crowd, so when he hit that unbelievable shot, mm. was, was it the sixteenth, the like two hundred ninety four yard? Yep. And and it and it lands like seven feet away from the hole. And he, Crazy. I read something where he was like, yeah, I had no idea if that was good or not. Cause normally you have the crowd standing around to cheer mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I did a good thing. But instead he was like, it was behind a tree. I don't know. So maybe I, I firmly believe that the key to success is caring less. And maybe it allowed him to momentarily care less because he just didn't know. So he couldn't care. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that flies in the face of uh, many of the broadcasters I heard who were uh, because they have to say we miss the fans. The fans are an integral part of the championship. I'm like, no, they're not. We hear a few (laughs) Baba buoys. It's nice for them to be there. But I don't know. As far as the viewer goes, I'm already. I mean, you talk about which sport you're used to watching without fans. Golf is way, way at the top of the list. Way at the top. Right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, golf. Well, uh, you know, I, I I always am amazed anytime a professional golfer hits it in the rough and then he has to shoot through about uh, 80 to uh, 100 yards of human beings creating an alleyway. And it's like, yeah, he's got to shoot. And there's never a question, like if you're one of the spectators, that the ball might hit you in the temple and kill you. It's a weird thing when they when they do that. But I think Charlotte hits on one of my favorite aspects of sports. That's what we're talking about is the pressure of it. And it's not coincidence that Bill Belichick in the 21st century, we grow up watching movies, um, you know, where, where the coach gives a soaring pregame speech and everybody runs through a wall and goes and vanquishes um, the foe who they weren't supposed to beat. But yes, I think that's a Bill Belichick's just do your job is the most soulless, passionless thing. And it's not a coincidence that that works. Marty Schottenheimer, conversely, with the great speeches in the press, so there's a gleam, man, there's a gleam, all those NFL films things, that they would crumble under that. Yeah, it's great when Braveheart is giving the speech like, you'll look back on this day for the rest of your days, and did you rise to it? And don't, so I, like, yeah, that sounds good, but like if you're about to go play a game and it's a big moment in your life, like, if wait, if I lose this game, I'm gonna remember it for the rest of my life. Well, that's a lot of pressure, coach. Like yeah. you know, my, 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 <laughs> just go, 
just go. Don't worry about it. Just go do your job. And everything will be fine. Right. Like, okay, now the pressure's off. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't I'm know fascinated that, by this. Was that Braveheart or Dead Poet Society? Jim, can you check on that? We're a little mixed up. <laughs> it was, our it was right Professor's now. Club. It was a Professor's Club? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to remain in Professor's Club, you will lay it all out on the field. It's like Sam's Club. You get like a discount card. <laughs> like right. <laughs> uh, one more thing on the golf, and then we'll move on to um, uh, more bleak uh, sports. Um, I know. the uh, Morikawa, maybe, maybe he could have called Morikawa, used the fans' help when he lifted up the trophy, and it kind of fell apart on him which is a fun moment, but it also, and I pointed this out on Twitter, reminded me of the time in our fantasy league, Charlotte, this is news to you. Um, we had a, uh, we have a trophy that's been in the league for 30 years. It precedes, it's it's actually older than I am and my time in the league. It's been not older than me, but it's been in the league for 30 years. Everyone's name, the winners etched on there from, I think uh, the early nineties. So, yeah, what is that? Almost thirty. Did we have anyway, fantasy sports <clears throat> in the early nineties. We barely did. We barely did, oh, which makes this Charlotte. trophy good. I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> being an asshole. I'm just being an asshole. Continue. We didn't have sports. We would just throw marbles in the air and assign <laughs> na- names to them. We'd call uh, one like. Willie oh wait Harris a second! It is worth, but it is yeah. worth noting that the trophy literally is older than Charlotte is. <laughs> oh, that's true. The trophy is, is older than Charlotte. <laughs> well, now the trophy's dead, unfortunately. So we can't even say that because someone who uh, had the trophy, won the trophy, left it in the trunk of their car, and then totaled their car and didn't report this back to the league until someone, me, asked them about it. A year later, I'm like, hey, what's that trophy? Now, at first, they try to make it like they never had the trophy. Like, oh, did I get that? I don't know. I don't even remember getting the trophy. But like, then um, it re- he was reminded that he got in a car wreck and the, and the trophy was in the, I don't know what kind of wreck this was that he's still in here in one of the three boxes to speak about this, that a trophy was destroyed in his trunk. But yes, Charlotte, that was uh, our friend, Dave Damashek. Dave, I don't know what, uh, how yeah. could you? Oh, that was me. Yeah, that was me. Well, listen, let me just say, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, these, uh, I, I understand where Sal's coming from. You know, he's a fan of uh, of the sport of fantasy football. And, you know, from the outside looking in, the fans are like, oh, just to get one of those trophies and to get the ring and everything. But, you know, that's not what I'm in it for. You know, it's about it's about <laughs> okay. the good times and and, mm-hmm. and like trophies and those sorts of physical rewards. That's earthbound stuff. You know, I, I you know, I, I I'm in the heavens. You know, I, I'm chasing dynasties. You know, I'm I, two out of the last three fantasy seasons have have ended <clears throat> with uh, the cool cats spelled with two K's as champions of the world. I'm not worried about the hardware. That's not why I do it. Don't you understand? Charlotte, this is gonna be no, my we legacy. don't understand. I don't understand. And I don't understand because you're the most nostalgic person I know. And for you to be like, fat, as you would say, when the 30 plus year old trophy is destroyed and uh, you don't even care about replacing it. What, what, what is this? Who are we dealing with here, Charlotte? You know what I think's going on? I think Dave, uh, it, much like his inside source, um, I think he, I think Dave cared too much about the trophy. Like it, it's That's too it. painful to even. I mean, I said that I love psychoanalyzing <laughs> people, and we did cameo over under. I think what's going on here is that Dave, it's just too painful. A that the trophy's missing. B that it's his fault, and so he's just sort of shut that part down and been like, I don't actually care when. Is that what's going on? Okay. Yeah, I would I, accept well, that. I would accept I mean, that. 
maybe I don't know if this feeds it or not, but we um, don't travel with one of the little kids. Uh, we hadn't been traveling with one of the little kids. We didn't put the baby seat in the car in favor of just strapping in the trophy. So it could always be with me. And maybe that lends uh, some uh, I, I don't know. But no. Um, yeah, I, I the best part of the trophy scandal the the alleged the upset all the, these grown men come on charlotte yeah. grown men worrying about this dumb trophy that ain't what we're in it for you know we're in it to pretend that we're that we have some relationship with these strangers who play football once a week like that that's not about the trophy so i just i just want answers i get it i totally get it but how was the trophy in a trunk destroyed what happened to this car did you get rear did ended you go off let the me, cliff let like, me just what, what let me just what say happened? let me just say I feel that that first of all, that's just my hypothesis of what happened to the trophy. I, I that what? I, that's best. That's me best guessing. That's my. I, I don't know what happened to it because I because our friend Tall John a, in the league <laughs> said that he gave it to me and he remembers handing it to me at our season-ending banquet at Shaggy's Pizza. Um, that's usually and, when the the and transition. So he, takes place right yeah. it's it, it yeah it, it, it's just as glorious as when uh when phil mickelson slides the green jacket on the tiger Woods. same same uh glorious moment in our sport is in the in the parking lot behind shakies and then tiger and lights the jacket on fire <laughs> right is that what happens <laughs> unbelievable same level of ceremony i don't know i thought he said he definitely gave it to me i said i don't know where it is so it must have been in the car that I, by the way, I got T-boned. I'm the victim here, and somehow I'm I'm being scolded by you. Um, I listen. I got T-boned. Um, I, I I came within a an inch of my life, you know. And then where would the, our fantasy league be? Um, but anyhow, the trophy. I think <laughs> we'd have a trophy. Went out with the rest of the car when they when they threw it All onto right. the scrap heap. I don't know what All happened right. to it, and I. I, I, I think that the, it's going to end with it's going to turn up under one of the kids' beds one of these days. I don't know. I don't. This know is what not happens. a under turn out, Charlotte. You have to imagine for this to be this old. This this this. It's not just a tiny uh, participation plaque that you get for like six year old soccer to fit all these names. This is a substantial size. Oh yeah, it's probably bigger than me. This trophy. So no, to I'm say, picturing- oh, I don't know where it is. It, it it can only be in a trunk or a closet. Or very visible in one of the kids' rooms. So. I'm picturing like Stanley Cup size. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen the Stanley Cup, but I, whatever. I, I'll <laughs> take your word for it. Yeah. Also, Dave, I'm um, glad you're okay. We're really glad that you're okay. Uh, I can't believe not. you remember what the fantasy football trophy looks like si- since it's been decades since you've Good seen one. it. Thanks. Not decades. Oh. Don't lie. Don't lie to the audience. It's been like five years, seven, <laughs> nine years, maybe decades. Uh, all right, college football. I didn't want to touch on it, but it seems like by the time anyone's listening to this, the big Power Five conferences will have voted to shut college football down. I know the Big Ten voted, and it was like 10 to 2 uh, in favor of shutting the season down. I have such mixed emotions. Of course, of course, I want to see college football. Do you think I want to go apple picking with the family on Saturday? No way. I want to sit down and watch football all day long Saturday, all day long Sunday. I'm a degenerate in every sense, and I want these kids to play and everything else. Um, but at some point, it doesn't make sense. And when I think when kids are going back, not going on campus, they're doing online school 
this just ends up being another league that that players aren't paid for, I think, right? I mean, you're talking about there's no what's college about this anymore if there's no enrollment on campus and nobody's walking around and you don't have that interaction or anything like that. So, Charlotte, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you seem pretty I mean, level-headed. I'm well, I know a lot of people <laughs> would probably disagree with you there. Um, no, I think First of all, I, I just want to say I think that this is a classic case of two things can be true at once. Right. Like I, I feel like the narrative has become either you're a media member and you don't want college football and you actually hate the sport and you're not sad at all that it can't be played because you are rooting for the virus or you're someone who's like, we must play at all costs. I don't care if kids die, get them on the field. And that is just such a destructive dichotomy to me because what I'm, I think like you have to be able to talk about things with some level of nuance. And I know that that goes against every, you know, sports media business model in the history of the world. But I do think that like, I, I'm really sad that we're not going to have college football. I really want college football but if you can't keep the kids safe and, you know, they say we, we want a say in this. And if you're not giving them that, if they're if they're like, it just starts to fall apart. And for people to say that, like, you know, this is the media making this happen or this is or even it's college's fault. It's like there was no federal response to a huge national international crisis. So, like, this is bigger than all of us. This is bigger than the sport in a way that like you you have to be able to accept that that you can want college football that you can love the sport and that you can also be really sad it's not happening but you can understand why it's not happening Mm -hmm. i agree do we think though that now it seems like it's dead to rights but now there's this movement this hashtag this movement we want to play is that what it is we want to play trevor lawrence a lot of the stars have uh gotten behind this is this gonna shake things up dave or does it matter I, I mean, I can't imagine it does because listen, it, Charlotte's exactly right. It's it's there are ways to the way the argument has um, shifted off of the the main line, which is um, it's not even really ultimately. Let's not jive and, and let's not be okay. naive um, about this. <laughs> that that <laughs> it's not about there 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 aren't uh, head coaches and athletic directors and and. Uh, um, network partners sitting around and saying, but is this the best thing for the 19 year olds? <laughs> it's that they can't put their necks on the line liability wise. If one kid has something really dire happen to them, how would you as the conference, uh-huh. as the school or otherwise justify having brought those kids back when they're not in, when, when every other student isn't there, there is, there's just no leg to stand on it. It sucks, but um, you know, I, without talking politics and, and all that sort of thing, this, this idea that we were just gonna assume it was going to burn off in summertime was not a, um, <laughs> a suitable plan as it turns out. You don't think it'll just disappear one day. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll get, maybe if it goes like, if we could get like a couple days in a row of like being like plus okay. 100, maybe then, then yeah. we have a chance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I think I really am going to miss college football. A part of me thinks, all right, just put like six or eight teams in a bubble. We know it's going to be Ohio state. We know it's going to be LSU Clemson. One of these teams, right? Michigan might make a run, um, throw USC if you want some West coast flair, but it, it, 
makes less and less sense, I think, as we go along. And worse, it is the best. But to me, aesthetically, yeah. I, mm. I, I, there's nothing that equals in all of sports for me. There's nothing like mid October in sure. certain parts, most parts of the country with the, with the colors of the trees behind you and the crisp air. And you can hear as you're approaching the stadium, the, the, the marching bands playing oh. and that thunder in your, in your chest and the smell of wieners grilling in the air. I mean, there's just nothing comparable to it. And it's uh, it's a heartbreaker. Oh. Well, when you put it like that, but, uh, but the, all that being all that Are being said, I hate cry, college dude? football. I hate college football, and I'm glad this is a, my wish has finally come true. Even though I Why I love sports so much that I chose that I chose to to do this for a living, but I still hate sports. And this is this is uh, this Obviously. is my will to end the season. Charlotte is a bad omen for the NFL. We're now <clears throat> we're a month away today. It does not seem at all like we're a month away from opening day, but. I mean, we don't even have a, a fantasy trophy for God's sakes. It's it's somewhere at the bottom of the LA River. But um, what are we doing with this? Is is this going to be the same thing? I know it's different. These are pros. They're getting paid. They're going to make money. The NFL is going to push and push and push to make this work. Um, does the NFL have less of a chance, or do you think they're so separate it doesn't matter? I mean, I think more of a chance for sure. Mm. I feel like a huge difference here is the players union. Um, you know, sure. part of what the players who went public on Sunday night, or I guess early Monday morning, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, like you had huge names who tweeted out the same graphic, you know, different schools, different conferences saying, um, ultimately, I think what the line was, uh, ultimately we want to create a players union or, or something along those lines. And, you know, there are a lot of legal reasons why that probably won't happen in the way that they're envisioning and and you know you can get into that but uh i think what it comes down to is guys are a if you're getting paid you're more likely to you know there's added incentive but also if you have a say in it it's like i am i have some sure. control over what happens to me and my body and my family you know and so i don't know I, I don't know, like health wise or sort of like containing the virus wise, if it's possible, if it's going to work. But I think that there is a much higher chance that people try or, you know, that they take yeah. our advice and go to Bubble Rock Trail up in Maine. But like, you know, well, so that that's where I was going next. So, yeah, much higher chance and much, much higher chance of the three of us figure this out for the NFL. And we're well on our way. Like you mentioned, Charlotte, um, we Figured NFL has to be in a bubble. That's the only thing that's working. The NHL is working in a bubble. NBA so far is working in a bubble. NFL has to follow suit. And what better place than Bubble Trail, Maine, right in Charlotte's backyard. In fact, if you're watching the Zoom, right, you can see right now there's a white house uh, out her window. And it just uh, adjacent to that is Bubble Trail. Oh, there you go. Nice. She's, she's shifting the camera. There you go. So that's basically it. It's in your backyard. Have you found out anything about this Bubble Trail, Charlotte? Oh yeah. No, I did my research though. I was I was okay. horrified that I was not immediately familiar with this when you brought it up last episode. Uh it is a trail in Acadia National Park and mm -hmm. it has the reason it's called Bubble Rock is because um uh, there are a bunch of glacial formations on the coast of Maine. Uh mm. I I could get real into the the geology, the rock structure of this state, but I won't. But I will tell you that a glacier <laughs> left its um what is it called? It's called um uh, the, a glacial erratic 
because Mm -hmm. it left this huge rock precariously balanced in such a way that it's just this circular, huge, massive rock sort of on the edge of a cliff that just stays there. Mm. So it's called Bubble Rock. But there's Bubble Rock Trail. There's Bubble Rock Trail North. And so it all sort of converges there. But I think it's a sign that we just have to bring the NFL to Maine. And, you know, there's enough space that if they're not in a field, you can build them. I think it's a foolproof, a foolproof plan. Let me tell you, I like every single thing I heard just there, right, Dave? What's what's not to latch on to there? Bubble Rock, that's where the season it, 2020 goes. It's, it, it sounds great. The producers of uh, Biodome, starring Polly Poly Shore and Alec Baldwin's Less Talented Brother, surely are kicking themselves for not having shot their movie, their uh, comedy mm-hmm. gem um, in Bubble Rock or whatever the hell it's called up there. Yeah, I mean, this is the decision. Why aren't we? Why I thought we by now should have been in 2020. Every movie I ever saw growing up indicated that by now we would all be living under domes, like and, and bubbles oh. and such. I, I can't believe yeah, we're up Truman this speed. So we're right. So now we're. So I guess we're now the trailblazers here. You're welcome. That's right. Society. And so much so that we uh, well we summoned um, uh, Joel Solomon, who's part of our group here. Joel, what did you find out about the bubble trail? But Charlotte added some nice color to it, and you went. Even further, huh? You made a call? I made a call, Sal, and uh, I got so excited when you found Bubble Rock that I, I, we might have overlooked one thing. What is it? One small thing. We're going to need a permit, a pretty large permit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, screw that. But, you know, that, those, I've dealt with that, but that's a pain in the ass. How Let's much does on. that cost? All, yeah. Also, also <laughs> we didn't take in, into account, and this is serious, uh, Right now, several trails are off limits because of the Pergrine Falcon nesting period. I just don't know if there's going to be a workaround. Is that true? Yes. According to their website, staff have observed adult peregrine. I I don't want to well actually, Joel, but it's peregrine. It's a peregrine falcon. Come on. Come on, Joel. Uh, Of course. (laughs) Right. Yes. The... uh, as Charlotte said, those falcons, they're engaging in courtship and pre-nesting behavior. Really? Mm-hmm. And this is not Julio Jones and, and uh, Matty Ice Ryan, right? This is no, actual no, no. falcons. We'll be bringing those falcons, but these uh, Antonio Cromarte-esque falcons, they're, they're <laughs> right now, it's their season. It's their season. So. Right. Cromarte. Cromarte. Cromarte-esque uh, and the rest Joel- of the falcons. <laughs> I don't want to hear no, no, no. I need to hear yes that we can move forward with this. Is there someone we could yeah, speak yeah. to? I have an idea. I have an idea. Yes, so go a ahead. few when I was in high school, um, the the Fourth of July celebration up in Camden, Maine, they always lit off the fireworks from an island. And one uh-huh. year there was an eagle who lived on the island, and because they were endangered, it was a um. What the what the what's the eagle? What's the main American eagle? The bald the, eagle. The, the bald white tail. The bald. Nick Foles. <laughs> the Professor's Club. <laughs> oh, eagle. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, um, the the Malcolm Jenkins eagle. Uh, well, Saints now. God damn it! I'm just That's striking right. out. Anyway. <laughs> They, I have some bad news, which is that they just canceled the fireworks for like three years in a row because of this eagle. So we need, we, we're going to need like a real lobbyist because they take birds really Uh, seriously up here. We have a lobbyist and a permit we're going to need. This is all of a sudden. Okay. Well, no, we'll start a GoFundMe. We'll start a GoFundMe. That's true. Yeah. The the league has money too, right? They, they could help us out with some of these things, but uh, no, they're not going to. I've heard the NFL is pretty poor actually. Yeah. Well, they do this, Uh, you know. 
it's all the rage these days in the 21st century. These these pop up businesses and the you know the the food trucks and everything. Why not get into the spirit of that and just like barnstorm the cut? Like you never know where the game's going to be played. Like yeah. all of a sudden, like oh, do that. the junior high. Did you hear what's happening? What? Cam Newton's Patriots, uh, you know, against uh, Sam Darnold's mm-hmm. Jets, right there in the yeah. oh, at the at the at the high school there. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> maybe do it that way. All right, I well, don't let's know. Not give up. Let's not give up. Let's not give up on this just yet, Joel. I would like to talk to a ranger or someone uh, associated with the parks or something. If you could um, hook us up, maybe next episode we could do that, have that conversation, or sneak up on a couple of fornicating Falcons. Whatever. I want to talk to somebody and try to figure this out. Okay. I'm on, I'm on my way. I'm going to head there. Where you go? You don't have to go there, but I just, I just need a phone number. I was just looking for the week off. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's Hey, can I just say something real quick? Can I just say yeah. something else about sports since our <laughs> Saturdays are going to be wide open? <clears throat> Big sports news uh, at the house this weekend. This guy right here, Hoover Damashek, um, learned to ride a bike, right? <gasps> you learned to ride a bike for the first nice. time, boys? All right, scram. He's over it. <laughs> wow. Congrats, pal. That's huge. That's huge. <clears throat> He's gone. He's gone. All right. Go ahead there, <laughs> I had a little uh, guy, too, who learned to ride a bike, and it was terrifying because I'm like, nah, we got to put off all this stuff until uh, it's safe to go to the hospitals and so because he's almost definitely going to break his ankle here. So, but uh, is no, that the thing? Did... Maybe we should start having our kids uh, compete against one another and we'll gamble no. on it. That, yeah. like, we have to do something on Saturdays now. Right. Why the hell not? That'd be a nice Saturday filler. Um, just set me up on an iPad and I'll bet on it too. <laughs> Charlotte, just tell, ask Charlotte who to bet on. Yeah. She gets it them all. Decathlon right. uh, is... Jr. It'll be a big show. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> This is the last week of meaningless NBA games. Thank God. The Monday night slate sees Milwaukee minus six over Toronto, Miami minus three and a half over Indy, Lakers minus five over Denver. Obviously, these are all in a bubble. doesn't matter who's home, considered home. But boy, these look, this looks a little high, these spreads. Milwaukee minus six over Toronto, Lakers laying five. Dave, do these teams want to start really as, as uh, you know, Lacking depth as the Lakers are. They really want to put LeBron out there and test him to the limit and cover a half a dozen points. Same with Giannis. I, I'll i tell you, in the spirit of what I do, or the the spirit of me taking the Celtics um, in the postseason is that indicator that I'm with you 100%. These these are wonky games right now. When What, what exactly is the motivation and how are you um, using minutes in these relatively meaningless games before the main event starts. Yeah. I'm kind of staying away from all of it right now. Yeah. Charlotte, you're the expert on uh NBA gambling. Do we stay? <laughs> do we wait till the weekend the playoffs begin or um, is there value in these <laughs> last round of uh, no, regular season games? Definitely wait. I feel, I feel like it would be embarrassing to lose a lot of money on these last meaningless games. Like at least, you okay. know, it was, it was what I was saying. Was I saying this? Like, you got to have some high stakes for something. You said go with your gut, but I guess that that did I say that yeah. last episode or am I just hallucinating? I will. No, you, you said it. You said it. You said it 19 minutes ago. Wilder. You're, <laughs> oh, my your God. Your head's in the I clouds am... with all your success, all your gambling success. Now, how <laughs> I am, am I going to spend my fortune now? <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, basically, yeah, I think it's embarrassing to lose a lot of money on things that don't 
matter when things okay. are about to matter. So I would hold All on. All right. Uh, something that does matter, the second round. Second round in the NHL playoffs. Dave, you assure us that we went uh, – We there are fewer teams than there were two weeks ago. There are 16 teams remaining. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we have 16 now and uh, juiciest among them because, um, because of what happened a year ago. I love the head-to-head of the Blue Jackets and Lightning – um, after the Lightning, the best team in the league a year ago, got upset in right. the first round by Columbus. Now those two teams are paired against one another. Um, I would take a, a a good look at not necessarily the game one number there, um, which which favors, of course, um, the Lightning. But I, I I like the Lightning to win that series. If you want to dip your toe into those waters, let me qu- but- let me quickly uh, go over those. Yeah, the light the Lightning a minus two twenty five favorite over the Blue Jackets. These are all series odds. Um, Stars and Flames is a toss up minus one ten. Either way. Uh, Charlotte's Bruins minus 155 slight favorite over the Hurricanes. You'll take that. The Golden Knights minus 320 over the Blackhawks. That is a hefty, hefty vig for a first round matchup. Caps minus 160 over my Islanders. That'll be fun with trots and a lot of uh, revenge factor there. Avalanche minus 290 over the Coyotes who (laughs) don't have a lot of uh, (laughs) business being there. Flyers 225 over the Canadians. Also a surprise and the Blues minus 215 over the Canucks. So this is what the NHL does. They take out the fun teams, right? The Penguins, the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, the Predators, all the marquee players gone. We haven't even gotten to the second round yet. Now we have the Canadians, Blue Jackets, Blackhawks, and Coyotes. But Charlotte, you're excited about your Bruins. Yeah, I'm excited about my Bruins. I'm also, I'm really excited for Vegas-Chicago. That's a matchup that I think is is yeah. going to be really fun. And and those feel like teams that people still kind of care about to a certain extent. I don't know. I mean, I just have, yeah. I have a soft spot for Vegas. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, but I think, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. The Bruins, they usually, the, the, here, idea, baby. <laughs> the, the idea with the Vegas and their, and their success early on was who knows? This seems too simplistic to make any sense. But the road teams were coming to Vegas and they were putting one on. They were out to all hours, whereas the home team was used to this and was able to kind of keep it in check. But I don't know that that's why Vegas got to the Stanley Cup. But Dave, do you see an upset uh, you like in these uh, eight matchups? Um, I I think the Islanders have a, a decent shot against uh, the Caps, save that one season two years ago for the Caps where they got over. The Islanders are a really good mm-hmm. team and uh, and showed that a year ago. It's hard to really assess this five-month thing, and I'm not making excuses for the Penguins, or maybe I am, but it's really hard to, to gauge what's going The Flyers were red hot. I, maybe there is something uh, in, in the carryover here because the Penguins, as well as they had played, right before the shutdown, they kind of fell apart and that carried through into what we saw against, uh, against the Habs. Conversely, the Flyers were red hot and now they have remained uh, the best team uh, in the Wales conference and probably look like the, the best bet out of, out of the lot there. I, but to your point, I mean, it's bad luck for hockey. It's hard to bad mouth Gary Bettman. He's done a good job. The league's done a good job um, relative to some of the other things out there, baseball specifically. Um, but yeah, it's my, you know, my most curmudgeonly opinion in sports is March Madness might be fun, but it's not a great 
uh, assessment of who the best team is. And same mm-hmm. thing now with the NHL. It's such a bummer that these some of these crap teams that are going to be quickly dispatched aren't there in favor of Austin of Matthews in the Leafs and Crosby and Malkin and the Penguins and so on. What a bummer. And the, the Connor McDavid, the, the with all due respect to anybody else you want to float out, the most exciting player in hockey is now is now yep. going to be watching from home too. It's a bummer. And this is and that was just the the prelims there really now we have the who knows if an eight seed will go a one seed will lose out and it's it's likely if you uh if you go by uh, the trends and what's happened in the past i don't know about you charlotte i mean you're a master of picking games but flyers all these teams i can't i'm not gonna sit down and put my money out there until i know when everyone's birthday falls oh for sure yeah i mean yeah. i've i've actually <laughs> now that dave brought this up i have um looked up every single professional athlete's horoscope <laughs> and i just have a little excel doc i'm working on and anytime i want to place a bet i'm like hold on hold on though is he a leo because i don't yeah. know about that right yeah <laughs> two so. two creeps connecting across <laughs> sports america congratulations i'm glad you found there it. You <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, uh, before I sign off, very sad to report. Yesterday, we found out that Kamala, the Ugandan giant, WWF great, uh, passed away. He was, um, I don't know, are you familiar with Kamala at all, Charlotte? Or are you just seeing some memes uh, thrown around there? No, I'm I'm actually not familiar. And No, that's okay. You weren't going to find him in the bubble trail uh, anyway. But he, um, yeah, he was a, he was a gigantic African-American man. Um, who then the gimmick was, they said he was from Uganda, um, the depths of Uganda. And they called him the Ugandan giant. And he would come out with a spear and he had, they had uh, music playing and he, he didn't speak. He couldn't speak. He had paint on his uh, face and on his stomach. And he was, uh, he was fun to watch. He was a heel, obviously. He was a terrifying giant. And I have a story about him. My son, who's a very quirky kid, he was probably about, He's 12 now, so he's probably about seven or eight at the time. He found out that Kamala had diabetes and lost both of his legs and was living in Mississippi and started a GoFundMe and asked if I would, would give money. I'm like, of course we would. And we watched all his matches and everything. It was a very sad story. So we gave, uh, I think we gave, I was like, what is a good number to give? And he's like, $80. I'm like, okay, we sent him $80. And Kamala sent back, wasn't even supposed, this wasn't part of the deal, sent back an autographed picture. I'm going to pull it up now. Um, there it is. Well, this is Jack last night. Very sad to hear the news. And oh. there you go. Yeah, Kamala. But yeah, so Kamala is gone. But Jack, um, that year after we got the autographed pictures, like, well, we have to go see him. I had promised the kids. I said, you each of you will get to go someplace special. You'll each have a summer. It was Jack's summer. He wanted to go to Mississippi to visit Kamala. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't want to go to Mississippi. There's not even I, I looked. There wasn't a, a Chili's for 45 miles. What are we going to do? We're going to get show up. This guy's going to be like, what the hell are we doing here? So luckily, Dave, as you could attest, kids forget about stuff. And uh, Jack forgot about visiting Mississippi. But now this morning and last night, he was upset that we never got to see Kamala in Mississippi. Wow. So what do we do? Well, he, I mean, he really was for me, one of my top three, five guys in, in WWE, WWF history. I really, um, I really was delighted by him and, and the whole shtick. I still think that the most humiliating way to lose Kamala, Kamala, he would just, he would just flop on you. That was it. And there was nothing you could do about it. 
I also, I mean, the worst of all, I mean, that was humiliating to a professional wrestler to, to just be smothered <laughs> like that. Worse still, right. Jake the Snake, he would defeat you, and then when you were unconscious, he would put his giant snake on you. I mean, I, that's a, a that was disgracing his vanquished foe. I the first thing that occurred to me, well, after I thought, oh no, one of my all time favorites has passed. Um, also, I it really must be super confusing to a giant percentage of the world. Like, wait, Ka- Ka- Kamala? Like, I mean, literally within a few hours. A I don't that. even know by there the time of the by the time people listen. Like, it's like, wait, Kamala Harris? Why? What happened? It is a weird uh, <laughs> little bit of uh, timing there, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he would have made a nudge. great he would he would have made a great vice president, but he's he's left us now. Yeah. Yeah. He was 70 years old. He had a real name, James Harris. And like I said, he lived in Mississippi and they was given this gimmick. And Charlotte, who's your favorite all time wrestler? My favorite all time. So I only got into WWE a few years ago when I watched WrestleMania for the mm. first time. It just like absolutely blew my mind. Um, I recently watched WrestleMania three for the first time. Um, and that was best of all time. Best, 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 uh, tournament, best event in the history of professional wrestling. Good for you. It was was amazing. I was, um, I always had a real soft spot for Andre the giant because before I knew the, the, like the professional wrestling even existed, I was obsessed with the princess bride. And so, Mm -hmm. um, he, he was a, a real favorite of mine and watching WrestleMania three, I was like, Oh, okay. I get it now. Um, and just like a tragic figure, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think who else I've, I mean, I'm currently really into Otis cause he's, um, <laughs> he's fun. He, he's fun. <laughs> and he, he does the worm. Sorry. He calls it the caterpillar and that's his finishing <clears throat> move. And I, I just kind of identify with with his spirit in that way, you know. Well, I hope I hope the part where he was stood up on Valentine's Day is not the not the part you identify with. But yes, no. there was a lot of uh, weird. He has relationship issues. He's he's on he, the obese side, and he's um yeah. in love with probably the most attractive uh, wrestler <laughs> of the female yeah, persuasion. She, she yeah. seemed she's she's kind of into him. Maybe yeah. I I don't know. You know, I I uh, I'm trying to think if I've been stood up on Valentine's Day. I don't think so. <laughs> One time an ex-boyfriend uh, <laughs> brought me a um I was what was it? Oh, he like signed up for a new bank account and the bank gave him like a hand mixer or something. Um Oh, and that's great. He gave it to me and I was just like I was like, are you kidding me? Like this is, and then, and I got pretty mad and he was like, well, the surprise is that like, I got you flowers that are coming later. But I was like, well, maybe don't lead with the ham mixer, but he, he, you know, wish him only the best. He's a love, he's a lovely guy. I'm trying to do the math here and, and to, to, I mean, this would be acceptable if he was like eight or nine years old, but to open a bank account, he probably was a little uh, older than that. It was a little bit. It was a, okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just just uh, just curious if maybe we could use the hand mixer as our new trophy in the fantasy league. Why not have it uh, be you. multi-purpose thing? Why does it just have to be something that sits there? It could be you know something that you employ. You know, you know, make um, your jokes, make your jokes. There's a lot, a lot of history in that trophy. A lot of blood and sweat went in there. You just joke. Or, that can sounds I say gross. Something? Maybe you should get uh, a new yeah. trophy if there's blood and sweat in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to either way. Blood, clean and sweat it, and wash dense. it. You know. Yeah. 
<laughs> in the spirit of the uh, the viral thing of the two kids hearing um, Phil Collins for the first time and and oh, it dropping right. their jaws, I don't know if you saw that. It's cra- it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. It's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. There are people who walk the earth who have no idea who that guy is or how significant or how big he was. Uh, what what feels mm-hmm. like about uh, three years ago, um, Charlotte. WrestleMania three happened in a, in a time where satellite TVs were not a thing for 99.9% of, uh, society and uh, WWF was huge. It was, it was breaking big at that point, Hulkster and so on. And, uh, Sal's pal, uh, the late great Rowdy Roddy and so on. And, um, I went to the civic arena in Pittsburgh with my friend Josh and watched with 17,000 people. They put it, they brought in big screen TVs, a four sided cube where the penguins would normally play right in the middle of the, the, of center ice and 17,000 people went to watch on TV, like a drive-in movie. And that happened in my lifetime. Can you imagine how foreign that would be to, to people Charlotte's age to do something? They called it closed circuit, closed circuit television, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it was, and it was captivating. It was the greatest. And three was great, Charlotte, because your hero, uh, Andre, they weren't sure. Hulk tells the story. Everyone tells the story. They weren't sure if Andre, who had been undefeated up until that point, he had lost early in his career, but they seemed to not count that. And they're like, oh, he's undefeated for at least 15 years if he was going to take the fall for Hulk. And he, he did at the end. Yeah. I'm kidding. They, they tried their hardest and we, we, we all know it's real and they try their hardest and, <laughs> and Hulk prevailed in the end, but yeah, um, a lot yeah, of no, I mean, I just, first of all, I, uh, the, the Phil Collins thing. Um, yeah. I, sorry, not to completely derail, but, um, in the air tonight is my all time favorite song. The drum. Wow. I think I've made like 30 videos of doing the air drums and it came on the other day. I was, I was driving somewhere and I, I like had this visceral reaction. I've heard it probably like 50,000 times at this point. And everyone I know, and a lot of people I don't know sent me that video. And it was, I was like, the brand is strong. Like we're doing something right (laughs) here. And, um, yeah, he, I just, that's it. I really realized I don't have a story. I just love Phil Collins. <laughs> that is a great song. And uh, it, it, it bums me out that things like this, I, although I'm amused by it, like the, the guys that see it for the first time on YouTube and that it was repopularized by Mike Tyson in The Hangover. When it comes down, they they go into his, uh, his house. Right. It was so great. And my son tried to time it to he had like Seacrest's uh, New Year's countdown and he somehow timed when the ball dropped completely to the drum part, the the great drum solo. And it worked out. And now I blame him for 2020 and um, what's become of it. I don't think that put us in the right direction. But yeah, great song. I don't want to go down the Phil Collins rabbit hole or do I, but I've talked with your cousin, Sal at length, uh, Jonathan and uh, my pal Feeney. I've bellyached about this to no end. Phil Collins and his pal, Philip Bailey, sang a very catchy, very catchy song called uh, Easy Lover. You know, it's about Easy a lover. dangerous woman. Yeah. She'll, she'll break. Seems nice, but she'll take you to your knees if you, if you, uh, uh, you better believe it. She's a day, you know, mm. she's like no other. <laughs> Before you know it, you'll be on your knees. The question is, if these two are pals enough that they're going to get into a studio and sing a song about this lady, how come 
Whoever was with her first didn't warn the other one about it. You know, why didn't they say, like, stay away from her? Now they're both singing the song. Who's this warning for? Strangers at large about this woman? They're both yeah. with this woman, but neither one says, like, hey, Philip, oh, you know, hey, Phil, like, you know, stay away from her. Believe me, I've, I, I you know, she and I dated and she's crazy and she'll mess you up. Like, well, I don't understand that relationship. Here's a, here's a question for you, Dave. Have you ever heard of someone who is attracted to someone else listening to the friend who says this person's probably not a good idea? See, she's right. That's you a can't, good idea. You know what? The answer's you no. You can't. Yeah. People got to make their own mistakes. There you go. I've never thought about it that way. You've opened my eyes, Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. Not, it, it you're probably, you're like, not just a fountain for gambling like, tips. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone's like, don't date that person, you're like, I will die if I don't date that person. You know, of it's course. like, you got Yeah. Yeah. To bring, also, it's, to bring it's the fake, whole like episode. Wrestling, it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, but it does kind of bring this episode full circle and, and leaves more questions than answers because ultimately, what did we decide on? Go with your gut. But this is an example of like, I know my good friend uh, Philip or Phil is warning me against this wow. woman, but my gut says I have to have her. And, uh, <laughs> and and now I'm going to pay a steep price for it. What what does this all mean? I don't know. It's a, it's no a, pain, an interesting no gain. Slice. <laughs> well, listen, we've run out of time. So what okay. does it mean? Maybe we'll try to solve it Wednesday. Um, mm. Dave, what do you have going on right now? Aside from trying to figure out the Philip Bailey, uh, Phil Collins dynamic. Well, the aforementioned David Feeney and I continue to spin on Dave's of Thunder. Track it down wherever you uh, you find your podcast. Good fun there. Yes. And Dave will also be seeking out a replacement trophy. I think trophy shops are an essential business. So just drive around. You'll see that one's open and uh, get in there. Feel fun. Feel free. Do it. Charlotte, in other words, you? buying myself another bobble for my house. Yeah. I don't need another tchotchke yeah. over here because I'm going to win it in again. the trunk. <laughs> uh, what do I? Uh, so Tuesday, I have a story coming out on Fox Sports app, which honestly, like I'm I don't say you know a lot of things are great but i really can't get over this app this app is great yeah um and i'm really not just saying that because i work there i've been like thoroughly thoroughly impressed um but it is about sort of how there have been a lot of sports beefs happening recently and why i think that's so great right now like a lot of petty stuff off off court and off field and uh so yeah keep an eye mm -hmm. out keep an eye out for that yeah Get the app. You'll hear all of Charlotte's pearls. Well, how hard is it to get an app, right? Just just add it to your app. You have 400 apps. Totally. Uh, all right. Hey, that's another episode of Extra Points. Come back. Spend some time with us on Wednesday. Until then, for Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder, I'm Sal reminding you that even though you may feel like an underdog, please know you're all my favorites. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, that's my Come favorite on. one yet. All right. Favorite one right. yet. Oh, it's so okay. good. I think we're going to stick with that. We'll see you Wednesday. I don't care if kids die.